It was a very big shift from working for not-for-profit theater in Cleveland, and now you know I went from like fighting against the man and the not-for-profit world to working for the man. So it was a little a strange thing, but in that way, you know, working for the army, a very professional organization. You know, in some ways, people would go. It's a long cry from the arts. There's a great big theater there, and they need people to run events. And it certainly has developed me in the past 14 years a level of professionalism. You know, it can be very official. There have been times where we've had presidents come through there, and and I have to be the point of contact for the venue. This is Professional Confessionals. We're joined today by technical theater professional Dwayne Rudder. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's so great to be here. Let's dive right in. Take us back to your high school days. What kind of student were you? What were your interests? Give us a picture of who you were then. High school days. Well, we're going back a little bit now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I went to high school in a, in a Catholic high school in, uh, in Elyria, Ohio, which is just west of Cleveland. And my family had come there from Pittsburgh just a few years prior. So in my later high school years, my junior and senior year, I was not a terribly good student. And I think I was perhaps maybe a bit understimulated by some of the curriculum. And, and I just lacked sort of a sense of direction. But as I was a, a kid growing up, but I was interested in, in tinkering and, and, and that sort of thing. And it's actually in, in high school when I started uh, doing things in the theater. And of course, in high school, they call it, you know, the drama club. So I started doing, you know, behind the scenes sort of work. And then by the time uh, it was spring of my senior year, I was like the lead guy in the in the in the funny play, which as a side <laughs> note, the play was I believe it was called Alki, which was some sort of like, you know, like a lesson play about drugs, anti-drugs and alcohol. You know, it was, again, this message play about for to parents about what goes on in high school and behind the scenes. From that moment on, I was sort of cast in the light of, you know, being the sort of spokesperson against drug and alcohol, which is, you know, <laughs> a, a, a mantle I maybe didn't entirely want. But, um, you know, they wanted me to go talk to junior high schools. But, you know, it, it, it did nothing to, uh, you know, encourage my uh, uh, st- uh, classwork. Uh, I still wasn't <laughs> that great of a student in high school. So. It was in, in high school that I did sort of discover the arts. Um, I hadn't really been exposed to them uh, growing up as a kid, and it was in high school that I found music and started playing guitar and, you know, you know playing in bands and getting involved in, in, uh, in drama, the drama club. So that's sort of when, you know, my uh, adult interests uh, were born. <laughs> so you, you started off in the technical booth, but then ended up on the stage, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, the, the first things I started with were um, actual sound design. And, and uh, you may appreciate some of this. You know, I was actually uh, getting records from the library and, you know, recording them to cassette and, you know, queuing up, you know, cassettes in the in the sound booth, uh, you know, so I got to get the, the church bell at the right time. So, yeah, so I started, you know, in, in the booth. That might have been, you know, my sophomore or junior year. And, and then I sort of, you know, they didn't have much of a lighting system back then. But I was, you know, focusing lights and figuring out how to, you know, program lights. And, on, you know, for those who are into the theater and technical theater, an old two-scene preset, which means that you, would, you would just grab a couple little sliders that went from the way the lights were set up on in this one area. And then you'd slide them down to how they were set up in the next area. And it was a far cry before what we have now in, in automated lighting systems. So I was doing all that in, in high school way back in the, in the early days of uh, some of the tech, you know, what we have now as far as technology in the theater. Let's talk about your professional journey. Mm-hmm. Where did you go to school? At what point did you know you wanted to 
be a technical theater professional. So as I was saying a, a moment ago, my I wasn't a terribly great student in high school. So by the time, you know, when, when you're a kid, you know, people are, what are you going to be when you grow up? And, you know, kids say, oh, I'm going to be an astronaut or a firefighter. And, and those things sort of don't come really into focus until you start, you know, when you get into high school where you say, well, what are you going to do after you graduate? So those questions were, of course, looming heavy on me and not being a great student, I was like, well, going to college is probably not a great idea for me right now. So I, you know, opted not to do that. And I was, you know, as I mentioned, I was, you know, playing music. So I thought I was going to be a rock star and, you know, had a band with my buddies and we were writing songs and singing songs and playing music. And, you know, I had that idea as a young, you know, 18, 19 year old. But I, I went into a series of, of jobs that I started working. So the first, what would have equated to the first school year after I had graduated high school, I worked in a factory, a, a job that my father helped me get, you know, which was maybe, a, I don't want to say a professional low point, but I did not feel that <laughs> great about myself doing some of that work. And, you know, thankfully, I, I suppose it was a blessing in disguise. It what, sounds like it gave you perspective. It certainly did. And that was kind of the beginning of it. Um, and, you know, again, thankfully, or luckily enough, as it turns out, about the time uh, a school year would have been ending, they, they let me go from that job. So I, I'm like, okay, what am I going to do now? I kind of like took the summer off to go to concerts and play some more, you know, try to write some new songs about my newfound perspective, maybe. And then I, I went back to um, in high school, I had worked at McDonald's. So I went back to McDonald's and became a manager at McDonald's. And then that, you know, of course, much like the factory work, loomed heavy and weighed heavy on me. And I said, I can't be doing this forever. I went to retail, worked in retail for a bit. And now at this point, I'm about 21 years old. And I I moved from one place in the mall (laughs) where I'm selling men's sportswear, which included, you know, suits and sports coats, which was, you know, very funny, probably a long stretch from working in the factory and flipping burgers. (laughs) But um, and I, I moved to another store in the mall where it was, I was the trendy sort of teeny bopper store, the cool jeans and t-shirts. And so now we're, we're at where I'm getting, and I'm getting to it here. This, no, is a no. long, this is a long, good story, but here, but it's getting to my 22nd birthday. So I'm working at the mall. I'm, I'm, I'm at the new store where they're going to be they're training me to be the manager, like to take over the store and run the store. And it's my 22nd birthday. And my, my birthday happens to fall a week before Christmas. So I'm at the mall. I work at the cool store. I'm, I'm supposed to be the guy who's going to be taking things over and supposed to be in charge. And I'm still learning myself because I hadn't been there very long. And, you know, the lines out the door, the parents are just annoyed that they're even in here and that their kid wants something from this and asking me about the return policy. And this. I'm, I'm looking it up in a book. I, I don't know. And it's my birthday. It's my 22nd birthday. You know, this is the time for most young people where where life is beginning. But, you know, I had this series of jobs and, and I'm, I'm this whole day I'm having like this movie moment, you know, like. What? what am I doing? You know, this, you know, I'm, I'm playing it out in my head. Like this is going to be like every day for the rest of my life. Mm. This long line of people out the door, you know, how much better does it get? And it's my birthday. So, you know, I'm like, I'm trying not to be weighed down, you know, and it's, again, it's a movie moment. The, it, the malls, their Christmas songs are playing, you know, <laughs> there are people in Santa hats going on. And I'm like, oh, having this crazy sort of dilemma, you know, and, and I, I, the only thing I'm thinking about is I have to get out of here and do something for me tonight. It's my birthday. I'm 22 today. 
what am I going to do? What am I, I don't know. I don't know. So the day is going on and I run into an old friend of mine that I had not seen from high school, that I had not seen since I had graduated high school. And he and I were good friends at one point. And I was like, oh my God, how, how are you? You know, what, what have you been up to? Uh, you know, he's like, oh yeah, you know, I'm, oh, I've been in college. I'm, I'm, you know, going to, a, uh, you know, I'm graduating in the spring. I'm like, oh, that's amazing. And I, and I haven't seen, at one point I was close friends with this guy and we hadn't, we hadn't seen each other since we graduated. So it was this nice exchange, you know, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's great. What, what are you going to, you know, well, what are you going to do after you graduate? I don't know. You know, I might, I might want to be a writer or something. I'm like, oh, that's amazing. You know, and we say, oh, that's great. I'll, you know, see you around someday or whatever. Um, and then I'm, I'm back to the job and, I, you know, the, t- the minutes are ticking away. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? It's my birthday. And about 5.20, it hits me. I'm, you know, I'm leaving at 6 o'clock. I know what I'm going to do for my birthday. I'm going to go to college. And I left the mall and went right to the community college and signed up for classes. I didn't know what I was going to take or what I was going to do. But I, but that that I I wrote a post a bunch a few years back about this. But that was the first day of the rest of my life, mm. because from there is when you know I I did drama in high school. I said, well, that was an like an, I don't know what I'm going to take. I don't know what I'm going to study. But I know this day cannot be every day. You know what the rest of my life would be. So you know I, next I'm here to go to college. What do you want to take? I don't know. Well, we'll set you up with a guidance counselor and we'll figure it out. And I did. And that went. And so from there, so I went to community college for a year and a half, you know, because this would have been a term starting in January. And then I transferred. Um, I, I did take a drama class and I got with a, a really great teacher who sort of encouraged me to, you know, hey, this is great for now, but you have to go and, and off to a, a drama school and, 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 you know, really pursue this if you want. And of course, you know, again, I'm still a young guy. I'm like, sure, that sounds great. Let me let me do that. Um, and I ended up going off to the University of Evansville in the fall of 1999. Um, and I completed uh, three years and graduated from there. Um, and then, and, uh, and since I've graduated, I've been working in the professional theater ever since. So that's, that's the long version of that. <laughs> and sometimes someone would tell you that's the more, the shortened version of that. But, but that was sort of how, um, I transitioned from sort of my high school years into, into college and into my professional career. Yeah. So you, you, you took the time to kind of realize kind of what wasn't working for you, what yeah. what you didn't want your life to look like. Like you had to face the what you didn't want your life to look like in order to be open to searching for what you did want. Yes. And, you know, I, I, I joke sometimes that my life has been a, a series of embarrassing moments and hard lessons. <laughs> and I certainly had, you know, many of those as, as a young guy trying to figure out what it is that I was going to do and, and what was that going to look like. So. But, but I, I, you know, I'm, I'm very, I tell people quite often, I'm, I'm very grateful and thankful that, you know, I had that experience because, you know, going to college and, and, and doing something that I, that I loved and was important to me, you know, sort of became very clear or, or, you know, it was, was much more important to me than, I don't want to say most folks, but I had a very clear idea of what that was because I was, you know, trying, struggling to make it and figure it out. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't know out of high school. Sometimes it, it, it doesn't, college doesn't feel like a, uh, the right fit, but you know, you can come to that decision later yeah. and, and, and sometimes it has greater meaning at that later time yeah, I and mean, you're I de- more ready for it. I definitely felt like that, that was, you know, in my experience, you know, I, I growing up, I was never, never told I was going to go to college. You know, I sort of had to arrive at that 
on my own. And, and I did. And, and, you know, I, I mean, everyone's experience, of course, is different, but I think a lot of people just know that they're growing up, that they're going to go to college and, you know, maybe not, might not know what that means or how important or so, that is to, to, to some people. So for me, it was, you know, something that I was, you know, arise, sort of came to on my own. And, um, you know, it, it, you know, again, I could have, I could have studied anything, you know, but I, you know, my experience working, you know, these maybe not so great jobs for me, um, you know, made me sort of realize I need to do something that I love doing or something that is at least, you know, interesting to me because I don't want to f- have this feeling, you know, that forever. Or whatever, so. Did your parents have any kind of uh, say as to what you would do, whether or not you should go to college or shouldn't go to college or did, did what was their input? Well, like like I said, you know, a, a couple of things. I, I I didn't really sort of um, discover or come to the arts until uh, um, I wasn't really exposed to the arts until I was in college. And my parents were um, sort of very young when I happened into their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, you know, I didn't growing up. I didn't hear. Um, you know, my my parents did not go to college. They were sort of regular working class folks. Um, so. The, you know, I wasn't told, oh, you got to go to college one day. That was, again, not an idea. And I, I didn't, I was on my mother's side of the family. I was the oldest grandchild. So I didn't have, you know, I'm, and I'm the oldest uh, in my family. I'm the oldest kid of my, of my folks. So I didn't have someone to sort of look up to or sort of uh, an example to sort of point at or, or see in my life that says, oh, I need to do that. I should do that. Look what they're doing. And then the part about the the arts part again, like when I, you know, I, I think I had a I had a feeling from the time I was a, a a young kid about you know that I had, and I didn't figure this out until I was well into college that probably most of my life I had a, a calling to the arts, you know, much like a person would have a religious calling. You you were called, you know, you have a no one should pick it, you know, like no, it's not something that people regularly pick, you know. Mm. Um, and uh, so for me, I, it took me, I think, a long time to sort of figure that out or to know what that feeling was. So when, when, the, time, when the time comes when I, when I say to my mother, I think I'm going to go away to college to theater, she's like, what are you going to do that for? <laughs> um, and it was because that she didn't really have a, a point of reference for that or what that meant or, you know, and I'm sure there was all the questions. So, well, what kind of job are you going to have? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to try to figure it out and, and hope for the best. Um, but I can't, you know, I can't work at the mall. I can't work at a factory. I can't work you know, at McDonald's, all these, you know, although, you know, those jobs gave me a great experience, you know, it's not something I would want to do forever. It sounds like you realized you couldn't be happy any other way. And, and this was the way you were going to, you know, need to go in order to follow your passion, dreams. Yeah. Like, like I said, you know, when I was a kid, I, you know, I had some feeling and it's one of those things where, you know, you maybe feel something or know something about yourself, but you can't entirely put into words. You don't know what it means. Um, so certainly, you know, as I, I grew older and, and in high school getting exposed to the arts, I'm like, oh, it's something like this. <laughs> and even when I was in college, you know, I, I you know, I, I got involved in drama in high school, just kind of as a fluke, maybe you know, friends I knew that were doing it. Sure, I'll go and do that. And when I'm in college, you know, I'm taking all kinds of classes. I'm, of course, devoting a lot of time to studying, you know, the theater. Um, but I'm also taking, you know, video production classes, advertising classes. And and I think the light, you know, there was sort of a light bulb moment over the course in high school at some point where I was like, it's not just that it's about, you know, being in the theater or it's about storytelling. You know, I, I did the music thing. I was writing songs and so I really, it came into focus that, oh, I could sort of do all of these things because 
it's the storytelling thing that is is the calling and the call to the arts is is the call to the storytelling so that you know again it was you know one of those long you know hard lessons <laughs> and embarrassing <laughs> moments um you know led me to sort of eventually sort of figure out that it, that's what the thing was it's you know and and i still you know i still do all those things now i, I i've tell, often told people you know for um about 10 years I played in a, you know, a band and I, you know, was writing songs. I was sort of peripherally, but, but I was, you know, up in front of people performing, you know, doing the music thing, you know, and it's all an extension of the storytelling thing. We were, before we started here, we were talking about the production of, of Doubt that, that I did um, uh, uh, some design work for. One of the elements that I had in, in the beginning of that show was a video clip that was set to a Bob Dylan song, you know, so that was storytelling through video production. Um, so these things, you know, I try to, uh, you know, do all of the things you know, that I can when I can, but of course, you know, we can't do everything. So we, we pick and choose what, we, what we're doing. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about your professional journey. Mm-hmm. After school, what what did you do? Yeah, so what was so your first after, job after school? After college, um, the first job after college, the summer after I graduate <clears throat> college, I work at Hope Summer Repertory Theater in the sound department. So I designed a couple shows, uh, um, sound designed a couple shows, and you know ran the, did the live mixing for a musical. Um, but that was only like a summer stock job. And then after that, I come to the um, Cleveland Playhouse, which is the regional producing theater. I, I believe they, they have the title as the, the oldest running regional theater. They have some, some title. Um, so I worked there for uh, three seasons. Um, and then my summer gig um, was at a, a place called uh, Kane Park, which is in the city of Cleveland Heights on the east side of Cleveland. And they have a summer program where they produce two musicals and, and bring in all kinds of event and entertainment. So in that time, you know, as like every recent college grad, I'm an entry level, you know, student in, in technical theater and mostly in, in sound. Um, but it was in those years that I, um, and then when I was, when I was at the Cleveland Playhouse, I was like, um, an assistant technical director. I think my title was technical production assistant, you know, which meant I did a, a, all kinds of things, you know, helping out with some of the productions. But in those, in those few years, um, that I spent in Cleveland, again, I was entry level. I was learning it up, you know, school, college only prepares you for so much. And then you have to apply what you know and figure out how this thing goes in the real world. So I was definitely doing that in those years and I was learning it up. You know, you, you start out and you're like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I can, I can build some platforms. I can paint some sets. I can do all of these things, but how do you apply that in a professional setting? And I was getting better at it and I was like, okay, this is great. And, um, as it is the arts, I, I said, okay, well, this is great, but it's, I don't want to be poor forever, you know, (laughs) like this is great and very rewarding and fulfilling and satisfying, but you know, I have to make a living. I mean, it would be great to one day even make a decent living, but I have to be able to support myself and all these things. So I applied to, I was looking for jobs, um, all over the country and and I said, okay, I will go anywhere. (laughs) Like what, like I have to find something but I'll move anywhere. So I was, I was looking at a, and applying for jobs all over the country, and I applied for a job um, at the West Point Military Academy, where, where I still work today. And it was, you know, I was like, oh, that sounds like a, a pretty good job. And it sounds like my particular you know, group of skills is well-suited for that job. But you know, it's, this is a job that probably is going to be very competitive. And I have experience and I, I could do that job, but, you know, maybe I don't know quite know how that's going to go. But it did work out. And, you know, years later, I had found out that I was actually there were actually 70 people that had applied for that job. So 
that, you know, again, I didn't know that right off, but years later I was like, well, that felt good. I, I knew something, um, <laughs> but, but I said, it's, that's been, um, almost 14 years now. And, um, I, I still work there today. So, and it's, and then I tell people again, I, I feel very grateful, very thankful that I've, you know, I, it's in many ways, it's a dream job. You know, I, I, I work for the army, for the federal government. And in a lot of ways it, it feels like a government sponsored arts job. And, you know, there are not many of those. So I, I do feel very lucky and very fortunate. And I, you know, and it's it's not. It was a very big shift from working for not for profit theater um, in Cleveland, and now you know I went from like you know fighting against the man and the not for profit world to working for the man. So it was a little <laughs> it was a little a strange uh, um, thing, but it actually. Um, but in that way, you know, working for the army, it's a, a very professional organization. You know, and you know, in in some ways, people would think, oh, it's a long cry from the arts, but. Um, but they have, there's a great big theater there and they need people to run events. And it certainly has developed me in the past 14 years, um, a level of professionalism, you know, it can be very official. There have been times where we've had, you know, presidents come through there and, and I have to be the, the point of uh, contact for the venue. Um, so it's certainly uh, given me a, a level of professionalism that I, I might not have had in the, in the not-for-profit theater world <laughs> or, you know, working in AV somewhere. <laughs> Um, but that's that's brought me uh, uh, sort of the 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 overview of of how I've gotten here today. That's quite interesting that you talk about you know being the point person, meeting dignitaries, presidents. Oh sure, it's funny, but there's a real thing there that these are like the unheralded tech people are are the ones who are the the like ambassadors for the for the place they they're they're working for oh yeah absolutely I'll, I'll tell you a couple of funny quick stories um in that same way you know i'm I'm the point of contact and I'm also like the lead guy to, to handle some of these things so there have been plenty of times there was a time a few years back where we had uh, President Clinton come in I mean, he was being honored um, at a speech for for the cadets you know, they say, okay, you're going to, you're going to, you know, mic up the, the superintendent of West Point, um, you know, when the moment arrives or whatever. Okay, great. You know, I'm here, I'm standing by, you give me the thumbs up, I'm, I'm on it. You know, so the, they give me, they gave me the thumbs up when the superintendent was having a sort of private discussion with uh, President Clinton. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not going to, of course, jump into that moment and be like, I'm going to put this microphone on you. So for about five or 10 minutes, I, I was the only other person in the room while uh, President Clinton and the superintendent of West Point had a private conversation, you know, as I'm standing by ready to <laughs> clip the microphone on. But but these are the things that I get to do sometimes. Just just a year ago, we had Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg on for a similar type of event being honored. And again, I was the guy who was going to mic the justice up and you know they have their their people and their advanced teams and you know and sometimes you know i i, I listen I'll, I'll do whatever you, you know i'm here to 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 be of service to do whatever you like you know if, if you guys are you know the people who who do this sort of thing sure that's perfectly fine I, you know so i sometimes you know they don't quite tell me how it's going to go but it was again like okay you're on and so i got, got to have a again a sort of private moment with you know a, a legendary feminist icon supreme court justice Peter Ginsburg. So, you know, these are the kinds of experience that I, you know, again, maybe would not have, you know, working in the <laughs> professional theater. And, you know, sometimes it requires another level of professionalism <laughs> in, a, in a very different way. <laughs> but I, I think it's an extra <clears throat> side benefit to certain jobs like the, yours and in this field that people might want to consider if they're considering this field that, you know, those are fun moments and they make it 
exciting and interesting and you feel like you're at the center of the world for that moment. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I, I, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, of course, it's not every day that I'm meeting, you know, a former president or a Supreme Court justice, but every day, you know, in the theater is different. And um, again, I, I feel very lucky, very fortunate that, uh, you know, it's what's happening this week. Well, we're, we're setting up for this event and this one's coming in or this, you know, dignitary uh, um, from another country is being honored at an event. Oh, sure. Okay. And you know, I, I'll uh, tell people about that. And, and it is, again, it adds a dimension to the job that people might not think about when they think of these things. But. So uh, what does your job encompass? What, what, what are all the different hats that you wear? <laughs> well, there, there, are, there are many of them, let me tell you. You know, so my, my title um, at, at West Point right now is, you know, in, in the Army world is theater specialist. But to the outside world, what I say in general is I'm the, I'm the production stage and operation manager. Now, of course, in a larger theater, all of those things might be separate jobs, but I do a little bit of all of those things. So, and there's only myself and, and two other full-time employees, and I'm sort of like the, the, the lead, the supervisor that, that coordinates all these things. So anytime that we're, any event that happens, I coordinate all of sort of the logistical and technical support for those things. So if it's, if it's just a class that's going to have a briefing event or a guest speaker, the, the, you know, whoever the uh, advanced person is or the person in the academic department that, that is, you know, coordinating the event, they'll call me up and they'll say, ah, we're doing this event. We're going to need, you know, this one's going to speak from a podium and, and I work out all of those details. All right, we're going to have a panel. There'll be six people. I'm going to put microphones on each one of them. And, you know, there's a special moment where they're going to give them a trophy. I make sure all of those things happen, you know, from, from all of the audio requirements the number of microphones, they're going to take question and answer microphones. And okay, you're going to provide the people that run them around, you know, to the lighting things. Oh, we want, we want a special moment happens when we, when we give them the award and we want to make sure it's nice and bright for the photographers to take the picture, to go into the paper, to be on the Army Times website, whatever it is. I coordinate it with all the different people to make sure all the, the event sort of goes and, and happens the, the way it should. Now, of course, you know, there's a certain level of that, you know, when we're just, someone's just talking about, whatever, you know, your papers are due next week, you know, uh, you know, as opposed to when, when the president, you know, former president comes, you know, of course there are very different levels um, to all that. So, so yeah, it's all of the AV support, lighting, sound, audio, and video, and all of the, you know, sort of logistical on-site support. We need X number of chairs. We need a table. We need a podium. All of those things, I help coordinate all of those things and, and, and sort of make them happen depending on what the event is. Now, that's on sort of the event side or what I sometimes refer to as the conference center side. We, of course, have a season of performing arts shows that come through. So, and, and we, we're different in the world of the theater. The, the theater that I work at is, is much different than a producing theater. Uh, we are a presenting theater, meaning that we essentially buy a show that is on tour to come do a single performance. So most in, in, the, in the world of the theater, most people think of, you know, the theater down the street who is putting on nonsense or whatever the show is for, for a couple weeks and people are going to come and see it. And they, they build the sets and make the costumes and, and the actors are right there. What we do is we, we buy shows that are on tour, that are you know, touring all around the country to come do a single performance. So in that way, I'm a presenting theater. But my job is, is, is the same where I, I call the, you know, I make contact with the technical people that are on the tour. And they, and they say, I say, what do you need? And they're like, well, we need all these lights and we need some sound and we need the dressing rooms. And I coordinate all of those things so that the show can pull up early in the morning. 
load in all of their lighting, sound, costume with all of their people. We, we hire a bunch of people in to bring all those, all the equipment off of however many trucks they have so that they can put it all up in the day, do a show that night, take it all down, pack it all back up in the truck so that they can drive off to the next city. So now we, we do, you know, it varies, you know, six to 12 of those a year. And there, and there are all kinds of things. It could be a touring Broadway show. Some nights, and these are the nights that I like better, of course, when it's a comedian, you know, which basically they need a microphone and a spotlight. Great. Less work for me. That's amazing. But sometimes we'll have like a magic show. We'll have different types of show and every show is different. So again, I'm back to every day, every week. What are we doing this week? I don't know. We're, we're setting up for the magic show. We're setting up for an event for with the cadets. We're setting up for the Supreme Court justice come. It's always a little different. And, and in that way, it's, it's great. And, and for me, you know, my day to day, you know, it's a mix of, um, you know, certainly office work. Like, you know, there's, there's plenty of days where I'm, I'm, the, I'm the main customer service interface, you know, I, you know, thanks to, thanks to all those, all those jobs in retail and, and, and at McDonald's, <laughs> they're coming back. I've, I got found those skills there and they're useful. But I, but I'm I'm the I'm the interfacing you know person who who says okay you know what are we doing well I'm gonna we're gonna do this and and I work all of that out so there's there's some days where there's a you know I'm emailing I'm the on-site customer service you know person there are other days where I I got the jeans and the the sleeves rolled up because we're hanging lights or I'm climbing up the ladder to to load up the rigging and all of these things so you know so I get it's great I get to do different things at different times and and like I said every every day every week it's it's always a little different that way doesn't sound like it's going to get boring anytime soon. Certainly not. <laughs> it's the exact opposite of a desk job where someone comes and does their same thing every day. You know, um, sounds very attractive to me. That's oh, great. Like I said, it's 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 well suited for me, and you know, in many ways, it's it's a dream job, and I couldn't be more grateful and thankful. So. I'm not really sure about this next question because. <laughs> I don't know if, if there will be a key moment in your career that lifted your skill level or was a key to your success. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, it's certainly, you know, we all face sort of challenges and, and obstacles in, in our career. You know, for me in, in the early days, it was like, OK, this was great. I love this, but I have to make a living. You know, how am I going to do that? You know, that was a, a certainly a huge obstacle that was at the time, you know, very upsetting to me. You know, like this is great. You know, I spent all this money getting this education for this job that doesn't really pay very much. Um, you know, that was a, a harsh reality to sort of deal with. And, you know, and I was, you know, I was on a campaign at that time. Like, OK, I have to get a job that, you know, that I can go somewhere in this country and, and make a living at or I'm going to have to, you know, figure out some other thing to do. But, you know, but thankfully, you know, I, I, I was able to overcome that. But but, yeah, there's, you know, there's plenty of obstacles. And, and you know, what often what times what I tell people is. You know, there's when you're in your early career, certainly when you're in college, you know, you're learning how to do the thing. Like, what do I do? How does this go? And, you know, I often tell tell young people that, you know, you have to think about, well, what, you know, when you're in high school and you're a young person, you're, you know, and you're a kid and you say, oh, yeah, I want to be that astronaut. That sounds great. Yeah, it sounds great. It sounds romantic. I'm going to be I'm going to be a painter. I'm going to be an artist. It's going to be so great and so fabulous. But what does that mean? You know, what do you do day to day when you go to your desk job or whatever it is? What does that look like? And, you know, so that's that's why I have a, a younger brother who um, when he, he was he's quite a, he's uh, 14 years younger than me. So when he was doing that, I was said, you know, you got to think about 
what that is and, and look past the, the romantic idea of what something might be and, and know that that's what you're going to be doing every day, you know. But for me, you know, thankfully, like, it's, it's very different. But um, the obstacles, you know, so those, those are some of the obstacles in the, in the early career. You're learning, you're learning how, you know, how to actually do the thing and then apply the thing. And then when you get, you know, a little later in your career, it, it really becomes, and I, I tell people this all the time, you get to a certain level in your career where it becomes less about doing that thing that you learned and more about navigating the personalities of the people around you know, and, and I, I and I say all the time, I, I wish that people could just put their leave their personalities out of it. Let's just come and do the job because, you know, we wouldn't have to I wouldn't have to expend all this energy navigating the personalities. We could just do this. And but, you know, of course, it's not how the, the world goes. <laughs> so I think, you know, for me, that that might have been sort of an obstacle. Another another hard lesson of my life was, you know, saying, OK, you know, the, today the job isn't about, you know, hanging the lights or figuring out mic plugging in microphones and you know putting podiums and tables and chairs out it's about how do i talk to this person who is being difficult right now you know like the work part i know i can do that part i'm i'm comfortable and confident that i can do that but now i have to navigate this interaction or this relationship with this person who you know i have to explain in whatever way I can, well, that is, you know, exceeds our capabilities. You know, we can certainly do that, but it would, it's going to cost money and we can do whatever you like. If you got a bunch of money, sure, we can do that. <laughs> so in my, you know, the career where I am in my career now, it's, it becomes more about that sort of thing, navigating the personalities, knowing how to talk to people. And I, and again, I think most people in their careers, it gets to a point where it's like, you know how to do the work. It becomes about all the other things around the job. So. That's wonderful. So any tips about navigating difficult personalities? You know, of course, you know, it depends on, um, you know, everyone's job is a little different. You know, like I, I mentioned, my, my, my brother, he's, you know, a software programmer, you know. So they're, they're I mean, although for some software programmers, they might not have, they might not need some of those customer service skills. They might be clicking away at the computer all day, figuring out how to get this, you know, some aspect of this program to go. Depends on, you know, where people are um, and what, what types of careers they go into. But yeah, you know, certainly, you know, having the sort of people and the communication skills, you know, that's not something, that's one of those things that's like, they should, that, should, that should be a college class, you know, like learning how to navigate people, you know, difficult personalities or difficult situations. You know, as far as, as tips of that go, I can, you know, I mean, for me, you know, it's always been sort of my journey into this storytelling thing, you know. I think, you know, I sort of tell people, or I heard at one point, you know, if you want to sort of work on your art or work on, you know, your creative life, you know, you have to work on your empathy. So that, the empathy part has been sort of so important. I think once you sort of, you know, have that or, or and I mean, it's such a strange thing to say, have, how do you have empathy? I think you, you learn empathy in, in degrees or something like that. But when you, you know, sort of, are learn, you know, sort of developing that part of yourself, you know, you can say, okay, I'm in this, you know, this person's of course having a bad day and they're agitated or upset. How am I going to cool them out in this moment and figure out what it is I need to do, but make them feel good about that they're in good hands. So I would encourage people to, um, you know, of course, always be working on that sort of, you know, how do I communicate better? But the answer to that for me, and I think for a lot of people, is in the, the empathy, you know, when you're, I mean, even in, in everyday things, you know, you're driving on the road and, ah, this, this person is driving terrible, ah, you know, and you, you get angry, <laughs> you know, maybe they're, maybe they're in a hurry, you know, maybe their, their kid's been in an accident at school, you don't know what's going on. So 
I think when you can keep that in mind, you can take a step back and be like, okay, you know, this person is, you know, I have to deal with this person. Let's, they're having a bad day. And, and I, can, I can do something to help make them feel better about that. So. <laughs> What's your favorite part of your career? I tell you, um, I always look for, in different projects, like the thing I'm going to focus on. So before we started, we, we were talking about how I, I did um, projection design, video design for, for a play. Now, I, this was something I had been thinking about and researching for, for a long time. And, I, and when I decided, I think this is the appropriate time to do that, I, I put a lot of energy and effort into that thing. But, but whatever the project is, I'll, I'll sort of pick one thing that I'm going to be like, I'm going to really try to do something really great or really put a lot of energy and effort into figuring something out and challenging myself in a way that I might normally, you know, might not normally. And, you know, so for that one thing, it was, I'm going to, I'm going to do a pro- pro- projection design, you know, and I had been thinking about it and researching it for a long time. And I was like, okay, now's the time. I think I can do this. I'm, I feel comfortable or confident about doing this. Um, but I, it's always, you know, and whatever it is, and even with work projects that I do, you know, I think, okay, this is, this is the thing that I'm going to be putting the, the extra energy on. And sometimes it's the navigating the personalities thing. Okay, there's a few people involved and they might be sort of fighting with each other and might be, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to put my energy into that, um, you know, because that's what the, the sort of, re, you know, what this, what this project requires, um, you know, or it's, there's a show coming in and they want to do a big reveal moment all right, okay, cool. We're going to do something cool. We're going to get the smoke machine out. We're going to get strobe lights. We're going to play loud music. I'm going to focus on that thing. So I try to, as much as I can, look for, you know, the appropriate opportunity for each individual event or thing that I'm working on to, to challenge myself to, to, to stretch a little bit, to go a little further, to put the extra effort in. Now, you know, there's some weeks I'm like, I, you know, it's hard to do that some weeks, um, you know, so it might not be every week, every event. But as much as I can, I try to, you know, get better at, at even one aspect of it on, on, you know, project by project. With an eye towards continuing to grow and elevate. Oh, sure. The- yeah. You know, it's certainly what I do in the sort of technical theater world, like, I, you know, I don't necessarily have like one sort of specialty that I focus on. Like I don't just, just focus on lighting or lighting design. I don't just focus on sound or sound design. I don't just focus. I sort of do all of those things. So whereas someone who might just be a lighting designer is, you know, is better at that because they just do that one thing, you know? So I try to get, you know, incrementally better at all of the things, you know, I mean, I might not, I'll probably never be at the level of, you know, a Broadway lighting designer. That's okay. That's okay. That's not my particular set of skills, you know, but I try to improve, you know, to those levels as much as I can, you know, as little as I can, when I can. (laughs) (laughs) How typical is your job, would you say, to the field in general? If someone were setting out on a path to find a similar type of job. Um, is that typical to be able to find something like that? You know, I, I mean, there, there are jobs that like that, that exist now generically in the sort of theater world. Um, again, like I work at what, what would be a presenting venue or a roadhouse venue. So a lot of these venues and, and, you know, where we are here in the Northeast and, and certainly close to New York city, um, is, is not the greatest sort of example of that, but certainly, you know, there are major cities throughout the country that have, you know, these roadhouse venues that these touring shows go to. 
So there are people, you know, that have similar jobs like I do that work in these places. Now, now these jobs, like I said, you know, the job that I have is, I feel very grateful and very thankful. They're, they are somewhat coveted because, you know, they, they're, they're sought after jobs. You know, they're great jobs because you, you know, there's always shows coming through. There's always things going on. It's, there's security and it's in the arts and these things. But, you know, every place is a little different. You know, some, you know, bigger venues, they'll have, a, like I said, we only have, it's myself and two other full-time employees, you know, a performing arts venue that maybe does 60 to 80 shows a year, you know, they're going to have many more staff members working. And when you have more people, you have people that are doing more specialized things. So, you know, you'll have like the production manager, which is what I do a lot of times. And you'll have like a couple people in the lighting department, a couple people in the sound department, a couple people that are the staging things. Um, so, you know, for me, it was sort of the perfect alignment of things, you know. And, and it was also, too, that, you know, when I when I came to this job 14 years ago, I didn't know a whole lot about lighting. You know, I could I could plug some lights in and make something happen. But certainly, I certainly developed those skills, you know, over the years. Um, you know, so some of it has been, um, you know, the job has molded me in some ways as, you know, I didn't, I, I had a basis for some of these skills, but it's through, you know, doing the events and, and trying to challenge myself more and more at, to get better at all these things over the years that has sort of helped, uh, you know, sort of mold into this, whatever the skills that I have now are the things that I do now. Would you say that it's a prerequisite to love tech yeah definitely you know and I, and I was like that as a kid you know there was I was always sort of tinkering things I remember I got a, a, a bicycle when I was 10 or 11 years old and I like immediately went to taking it apart and figuring out how it worked you know I'm like I have to know how all, all these things go but um one thing that I do that I do tell people about um that is a, a sort of a job requirement in what I do um, you know, they talk about, uh, um, what's his name? Um, Malcolm Gladwell, <laughs> you know, he talks about having 10,000 hours when, when you do something for 10,000 hour, hours, you achieve a level of mastery at it. So for what we, for what I do and for what most of us do in technical theater, that's almost a requirement because, you know, when, when, you know, I can't come back and, and do that report on Monday there are 3,000 people sitting in the theater and it's five minutes to eight o'clock and the lights are not working. I have to figure that out right now. Like, because again, I don't have a job where I can just turn that report in Monday. The show's happening. So, you know, you have to sort of innately know when something is not working, how to fix it and how to fix it fast. Because, you know, people are going to be, you're, you're going to be refund. It's going to lose a lot of money. Things are going to go bad very quickly. So that, you know, can be a very stressful part of the job. But again, you have to sort of know these, you know, how all of these things work, you know, going back to taking apart the bicycle, I have to know how every component in this lighting system works. So when it doesn't, I know where to look and where to fix it fast. As, as well as, you know, the video system, the sound system. So it, it is a, a, a funny, you know, a funny set, set of skills and it's, uh, you know, a broad set of skills, but it's, you know, again, ha- I have to be able to solve those problems when, you know, when the show, the curtain's not going up. <laughs> um, so, but it is stressful. And um, in that way, it's a, a technical, sort of a, there's an expertise that you have to have to, to, to do that. And that's one of the things that just, you got to spend the time to know every, right. Because you don't come out of a school with those 
skills or the or that knowledge or that depth of knowledge that mm-hmm. you need. It needs to be learned by doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they give you a, a you know school like in, in, in any career will give you a basis on how to do those things, but it's not until you're in those situations and those things are right in front of you they have to say, oh, I have to learn this and this and this. How does this work? I, I don't know. Let's let's push this button. And see if that. Oh, not that button. <laughs> and you know there there are ter- you know times where we've had you know high profile events and it's just like. That works today, you know. Like, you know, not that it would fail, but you never know. You know, these are things like and I, I tell people all the time when, when I when I got to this job, and this is another one of these things that I've been fortunate enough. Uh, uh, you know, there was the systems were all outdated, you know, and I was like, okay, like, you know, look, you're you're asking me to come to my job, and and use like an original Apple computer to make a spreadsheet. That's not going to happen, you know. Like, and I had to, and this was maybe one of these challenges or one of these obstacles. I had to find a way to tell, to describe these things to people in a way that they would understand. You know, this is, again, I work for the army. They, they know tanks. You need what? You need a couple speakers and a light? You know, no, no, no. This is a lighting system. And, you know, this system is so outdated. It would be like you coming to your job and, and working on an original Apple computer. Oh, then they get it, you know. And, and then we, of course, had, you know, millions and millions of dollars of renovations to improve those systems. Um, but for a while, it was like, I can't guarantee that any of this is going to happen because this this equipment is 30 years old. You know, I, is it going to work today? I hope so. <laughs> um, but it, that, it is very stressful. And I believe it takes a, a special kind of person to be able to handle those situations and be able to go home at night and, you know, have a good night's rest. Yeah, let it go. <laughs> Regardless, <laughs> let it course. go. Yeah. I, I, I say that sometimes too, you know, there, of course it, it is stressful and there, there are things, you know, some week, week to week, depending on what it is, but it's like, you know, that drive home where I can just, let's clear our, let's clear my head and let's just, I'm going to sleep. We're going to come back tomorrow. We're going to work on it again or, or whatever the thing is. But it's in, and, and that was another thing too. It's like, takes practice to do that you know you have to turn off the the work when when you need to and um and have a life and and, and that and so i but again if with with some practice i, I think i've been pretty successful with, with that part of it <laughs> but it can resemble an emergency room level stress absolutely at it, times it is when when you when you know you have the big moment and the and the the, the deck doesn't play it's it is stressful <laughs> proudest moments biggest disappointments Proudest, proudest moment. Well, I, I, I will have to say I, I was, um, you know, the, when we have some of these uh, VIPs that I mentioned, you know, it's, it's certainly cool to, you know, again, you know, um, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I mean, she's, you know, sort of a feminist icon, a very important figure in, Ameri- you know, modern American history, you know, and, and she, you know, she's an older woman. She's not going to be around for her. But I had, you know, a brief moment with her. I had a brief moment with President Clinton, you know. That, that's great. And that feels like a privilege to be able to do that. And, it, you know, then there's plenty of smaller moments. I'll, I'll tell you a, a, a funny, a good funny story. Um, when I was, a, when I was a kid, my, my, again, my parents were very young, um, when I happened into their lives and, you know, it would be a Saturday and my mother would be cleaning the, the house and playing records loudly, um, which was great. And there was this one record she used to play by, a, um, a musical artist named Al Jarreau. Um, so Al Jarreau had, you know, he had a, he had a funny thing. I don't know if it's still true, but he was one of the few guys who, um, few people who had won uh, a Grammy in like pop R&B and jazz or something like this. So, you know, so I mean, it was this one record that we would, that I would hear it. And it was, you know, I was a little kid and it was sort of a funny sounding thing. It didn't sound like pop music on the radio. 
Um, but it was, you know, it's just part of my growing up. So it, it um, I think it was, it had to be probably 10 years ago now, we had Al Jarreau come to the West Point. And, um, you know, again, like part, most of my job on show days when we're having a big event um, is to to get the show to go, to make the curtain go up, the lights come up, okay, I did it, everyone else is in the position to run the lights and the sound, I can sit down because I've been running around all day, which is what I do a lot of the time, you know, is uh, there are people, enough people in, in all of the positions, when the show goes up, I can take a breather and sit down at my desk and, okay, wait for intermission or whatever it is. So in this show, I, I get Aljo. He's very nice. He, you know, he had um, some personal reservations about coming to the military academy, about his feelings about war and these sorts of things. But he, he, he was very excited, and he, he began the show. Um, you know, I, I'm like, okay, and he was very nice to work with. You know, we get to the thing. The show starts. He goes out, sings the national anthem. Great moment, great moment, and starts playing one of these one of these songs that I heard as a kid. So I'm like, maybe I'll maybe I'll hang out and listen to this for for a moment. And I end up hanging out in the wing just off stage for the entire night because it, it, it just brought back all of these, you know, this feeling of, you know, when I was a kid and, you know, being young and, and hearing this music, hearing the guy, the, the guy do these songs that I heard as a kid and, and that I helped, you know, out the, throughout the day to, to do this thing. And um, so, you know, that, that feels nice. You know, I don't know if it's a, a proud moment, but it, it feels, uh, it feels good to, you know, to have this, this thing. And after the show, you know, I, I, I t- he was signing autographs and, and, and saying, all, you know, talking to people. And I, I said, you know, I, and again, I'm, I was, sometimes I'm also like the hand, celebrity handler, you know, I'm like, okay, let's go over here now. And, and I, after he, he did all these things, I said, you know, Mr. Drew, I just wanted to tell you, you know, I was, this was a, you know, a, a, a important night to me because growing up as a kid, you know, my mother used to play the Roof Garden record and it was just so great to, to watch you and hear you, you know, sing all these songs that, that were a part of my life from years ago. And he was sort of so touched and, and moved by that, you know. So it's, you know, it's great. I, again, I feel very lucky that I'm, I'm able to have these moments with, with people and, and, and have that. So I would mark up a lot of those as, as proud <laughs> moments or important, significant moments to yeah, me. Yeah, they feel the privilege. Yeah, privilege absolutely. Moments. I, I know what you mean. Magical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and as far as, you know, obstacles go um, or challenges, you know, it was, I think it was, you know, I was mentioning before, it was, you know, it was a challenge, you know, going from not-for-profit theater, a very artistic world, you know, this is, you know, it was a big, the Cleveland Playhouse is a big major, you know, arts organization in Cleveland. And that, that sort of, you know, has a, a certain environment to it. And then, and then coming to, you know, work for the federal government, for the army, you know, that, that was an, an adjustment, you know, and it was also, a, you know, sort of personal adjustment for me, sort of coming, you know, moving to somewhere where it's, I don't know anyone, you know, I don't have any family here. Um, and, and I, I had lived in, in or very near major cities all my life. And, you know, of course, where we are here in New York is, is great, but we are, you know, a little outside of the city. So that was an adjustment. Um, but in my in my professional uh, uh, world, you know, again, I, I think it, it would come back to some of the the sort of people challenges, you know, learning how to deal with, you know, a, a difficult uh, a person at work or going into a, a, a meeting that, you know, is going to be uncomfortable and, and, you know, having to deal with it or, 
not knowing how to deal with it and messing it up and then having to write an apology email and be like, I, you know, okay, I was, at a, I didn't mean that, you know, I, I, I'm hopefully, thankfully, I don't think I have too many of those, but you know, listen, we're all, you know, we're human. We, we, you know, I handle things maybe the wrong time, wrong ways, you know, sometimes uh, I was a little, I was a little too tough on that. Or I, I said the wrong thing or, you know, Oh, I, I should have, I should have, I made the wrong choice on how to, what equipment to use or whatever. I should have did this. Well, I, I know that lesson now and, uh, I'll go forward, um, but 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 and you know I think it's also being aware and able to recognize you know oh yeah I did say the wrong thing or or I phrased it in a way where someone listening you know took offense to it or something, but and I think that and it's like you know it's like the challenging myself on the technical things sort of thing. I, I try to be conscious and aware of those things too because it's one of those things that's like people don't remember what you did. They, they remember how you, how you made them feel or whatever. So I try to be conscious of, of that, you know, hopefully and, and get, you know, and st- but still work on it every day. <laughs> Knowing what you know now, is there anything you do differently? Yeah. You know, I, th- I think we all have that thing where you wish you could go back and just know what you know now and be 19 or whatever <laughs> it is. And, you know, I always tell people, like, like I said earlier, my, my life was sort of made up of all of these um, embarrassing moments and, and, and tough lessons, but I can always, and this is also, this also might be a bit of an embarrassing confession, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I, no matter how old I get, I can always look back to just a few years ago and be sort of embarrassed or regretful about things. I mean, and they might not be big things. They might just be small things, but I can be like, oh, you know, I was, I didn't know anything back then. And it was just a few years ago. And I, I still feel that in my, in my life, you know, but, and I, so it's like, I think it, it makes you, you know, feel maybe not great or uncomfortable about things, you know, in, in my life or things I've done. But I think it's also a larger sign that, you know, I'm, I'm growing and challenging myself and trying to become better and better that, you know, just, you know, certainly, oh, if I think 10 years ago, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? And people, that's another note that I, I tell people sometimes, you know, sometimes people say these things, oh, well, no regrets, no regrets. I think you should have regrets because I think if you don't have regrets, you're, you have no conscious or you never risked anything. You never tried. You never put yourself out there. You know, and it doesn't have to be maybe as, as, as big as something that you might, someone might call regret. But, you know, certainly to have, you know, things that you're, oh, why did I do that? Oh, that was not a not a great move, but that's how you learn things, you know, and if you're not doing those things, you're not risking enough. You're not, you're not putting yourself out there enough. So, so yeah, so I try to, I try to get better and better when I can. Um, but I'm always, uh, I can always look back to a couple of years ago and think, uh, I was, I should have did something different there. <laughs> I totally relate. Totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and that, and that's like you said, how, you know, you're, you're still growing. I hope right? so. I, and improving <laughs> and, you know, it's, you you haven't arrested your development. You're you're still there's. I hope not. I'm I, I'm still trying, but it's, it's all of those things, and it's just like you know, uh, what what would, my, what would you th- you think all of those things all the time? You know, what what would my life be like if I knew this ten years ago? No. Uh, I could have could have been so different. <laughs> but it's like that, you know, that time travel paradox. Mm-hmm. If you did know mm-hmm. that, you wouldn't have the life. You uh, had. I know, I know. It's you can't you can't trade them off. You know, you got what you got. <laughs> Any advice for someone wanting to pursue a similar path? Yeah, you know, I, I see young people, um, you know, certainly there are, um, you know, theater schools, colleges and programs that are putting out, you know, young young people into the into the world of theater all the time. And, you know, it, it's, um, you know, sometimes sad, but it, 
you know, it's very, it's very difficult to, to make a, a career in, in, in the theater in, in every part of the theater. And I, I, you know, I see that, you know, again, young people who, who come in and they're new, new, fresh faces. And, and you think, uh, how long are they going to, you know, stick this out? This is, this is going to be, uh, you know, hard for them. And, and it certainly was for me, you know, but, and it's, I think everyone, again, I have had a unique experience in a lot of ways, but there are a lot of things, of course, that I, that I didn't know, you know, it was just a young person who was trying to, to make it and figure out and knew that he wanted to do something that he, he had some kind of feeling or passion for, but not realizing that don't pay the bills sometimes, <laughs> you know, certainly when you're a new entry level person, you know, so it's, it's, it's those sorts of things. It's like, you have to you know, there's plenty of people there. Like they say, I'm going to go out, you know, on, you know, on the performance side, on the acting side, I'm going to go out to LA and I'm going to stick it out for three years and see what happens. You know, certainly, you know, there, there are those kind of things that you have to be sort of realistic about, you know, for me, like I said, I was, I was, you know, entry level, I was working my way up, learning it, but I got to a point where I was like, this is really hard. This is really tough. What am I going to do? You know, and I had to be like, okay, well, I have to, I have to find a job somewhere that's going to be where I don't know anyone, you know, you know, hopefully I can find something, but if not, I'm going to have to figure out something else. So, you know, those, those sorts of things, you know, and it's hard, you know, because you're balancing, you know, a feeling, a dream or what, you know, how, what your life, you're imagining what your life can be. And you're still, you're still a young person and have this romantic idea about what that's going to be. Um, but, but certainly have, you know, being uh, realistic about what that means. And, and, you know, I think there are a lot of times, and I don't know if this is true in most places, and it's probably wildly different now, but, you know, there was, they, they don't tell you those sorts of things in college, you know, like, well, here's what you're going to make in that, this first three years, you know, and, and it's a difficult thing too for, for young people to do. I, you know, I, I tell people, um, you know, to, to get, to ask the really tough questions, the specific, specific questions. So, you know, ask a young person, well, I, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? I want to help people. Oh, oh so you want to be a social worker? Well, I, I didn't say that, <laughs> but they help people. Well, a lot of people help people. Mm. What's the thing that's unique to you that makes you want to help people? What is that thing? Like for me, like, I know I could have, as a young, as a young kid, I knew I could ever do something in the medical profession. Like, you know, that, that's, I mean, I think what those people are saints, you know, it's unbelievable, but I don't, I don't have that particular skill set. you know, so it's, but it's those types of specific questions that I think young people need to ask themselves about, you know, okay, I, I have this feeling that I want to help people, but what are my, what skills do I have that, you know, what, what does that translate to into a job or a career for me that, that makes me feel like I'm helping people, but somehow taps into what I, I could do or what I'm good at or what I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> to have, to have that mix, to, yeah. to have the self-reflection, know yourself and really do it, uh, you know, deep thinking on it. Absolutely. As to where all of that intersects. And, and, and it's, and it's that part, the knowing yourself part that I think was, was a big part of, of my journey in figuring those things out. You know, it was the, you know, the learning the storytelling part that it was about storytelling, but it was all those sort of know yourself questions that I think I, I didn't, I didn't start asking those questions until I was a little older. And that's one of those things like, yeah, I wish the, you know, I think, I think now we, you know, the, certainly they're, you know, teachers are more, more uh, uh, mindful about, you know, mindfulness and, and what that means in terms of the development of people. But that, that sort of inward journey about who am I, what, you know, what am I about, what am I good at, or what, what can I do to, to get this, 
you know, sort of fulfillment out of uh, this feeling that I have. It's a tough thing to, to figure out and to navigate. And I, I you know, I wish um, again, and again, it's been, it's many years since I've been in high school or whatever, but I, you know, I would wish, I wish I had more of that when I was a, a young person growing up and, you know, we're asking those questions and thinking about those sorts of things um, at an earlier age. Is there anything that you've always wanted to do or achieve that you haven't yet? It's funny. I was thinking about this more recently. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was, I, I'd gotten a call that um, a friend of a friend needed help, um, maybe needed help doing a loadout on Broadway for a, a show that had been closing. And I, and I was like, and I would have had to take a day off from work, but I'm like, well, that would be pretty cool. I'm like, that would have been, I would, I, and, I'm, and then of course, you know, of course here we are in the world of social media. I'm like, what would that Facebook post look like? You know, I made it to Broadway folks. I'm getting paid to be on a Broadway stage, you know, <laughs> but, but it, things like that, I was like, but I, and that's something that, you know, it's not, it's not so far out of reach, you know, that's, I, I didn't, the call ended up not coming or whatever, but, but it could like, I have a, a word in place now that like, eventually they'll be like, yeah, come down, we're doing a loadout, a lighting loadout of whatever show. I'm like, cool. Like, that would be great, you know, and that's a, you know, a small time. I mean, we all have dreams of being stars and celebrities, but, and as, which is another thing I tell people, you know, sometimes, you know, people have these big, great, great big dreams, you know, I'm going to be on Broadway one day. It's going to be amazing, you know, but sometimes those dreams are achieved in smaller ways, you know? So if I get to do a lighting loadout of a Broadway show, I will have made it to Broadway. That's a small achievement, you know, <laughs> you know, people think, oh, I, I didn't achieve my dream. Sometimes you get there in, in, in smaller ways or in different ways that you don't entirely recognize. You know, like I had when I was a young person and, and playing music in my first band, I'm 18, 19 years old, writing songs and all that. And like, wouldn't it be great to, to one day get paid to do this? I did get paid to do that for 10 years. You know, I, I played in it, you know, so it's like I can't listen. I'm not a giant stadium in front of, a, you know, 50,000 people, but I got to play in bars and clubs and weddings and, and get paid to do that. You know, that's, you can't, you know, um, lessen that for, for, you know, that in some smaller way, that's a tre- achieving a dream or whatever. So I think, again, it's this sort of, you know, being grateful that these things come and it happens. So like, yeah, so the dream that I had when I was 18, I'm going to be a rock star. I'm going to do this and that. Yeah, I achieved it in, in a small way. So I'm, I'm, you know, always so one day, hopefully I'll, I'll, I'll do a lighting loadout on Broadway or whatever it is. And, and uh, but there are many of them, you know, it's, it could be that it could be, you know, I, um, I wrote an album's worth of songs that I like never entirely recorded. I'll do that one day, you know, but that's something that's something attainable. I could I could sit down and start recording tracks and do it and put it out myself, you know, and there are lots of them. But, but that eye to uh, being mindful of uh, gratitude and, and, and um, you can shoot for the stars. And when you get. You know, you're, you're getting maybe a small part of the star. <laughs> and that, so that feels, you know, great to be able to, to do that. That's a wonderful outlook. I mean, I, I'm sitting here with you, I would have to say your gratitude. You're, you're, you're being thankful for whatever your experiences were and, and where you landed. And I just feel like you have gotten a lot of fulfillment and satisfaction out of the various Things that you've done throughout the years, including what you're doing now. I hope so. I think so. <laughs> um, but I think it's again like you know having having the dream of oh, I'm going to be a rock star, and then 
knowing that, you know, when I'm 30 years old, that I'm, I'm doing that thing in, in, you know, not in the grand way that we maybe envision it, but in a smaller way in that, that, you know, not to, and I think probably that, I, I think probably a lot of people have experiences like that, but maybe they don't necessarily think of that as maybe fulfilling the dream, you know, that it's a step to a larger dream. No, that's a, that's a, that's a smaller version of the dream or, or the dream in a different form in some way. Right. Or, you know, or sometimes you think, oh, you know, again, I'm going to be a rock star. No, but you got paid to do the thing. That's great. That's amazing. You know, so that, you know, that feels good. And I, and I think I've always sort of felt like I was, you know, I think that's a, that's a, another one of these things that for, for, I don't know, for people in general, but, you know, to, to feel that they can make those things happen for themselves um, is, uh, you know, that it's not out of reach, you know, that you can do it. Um, and, but you have to recognize that it might not, you know, you, maybe you're not going to be the astronaut, but maybe you're a pilot one day, or maybe you get to get your pilot's license one day. Like, great. You know, that's, that's you know, that's, that's the, the childhood. Uh, you're fulfilling the childhood dream of being an astronaut in a smaller way. You're flying above the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> great. Well, thanks again for joining us. Yes, thanks this so much for having me. This, this has been so Fascinating. great. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. To hear more and subscribe, visit our website, professionalconfessionals.com. You can find Professional Confessionals on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts.